0: Digital partnerships, banks, fintechs. What takes a few seconds at a conference table to connect in one sentence is in reality a narrative of twists and turns, new ways of thinking, and debating ad nauseum. Yet finding sense and strong action is possible in the partnership scenario. So how do both parties go from tentative steps to a hit-the-ground running path? To find out, we'll talk with Ben Schack, leader of U.S. Digital Partnership at BMO Financial Group. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the Managing Editor of BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. It is a pleasure to have you here with us. And here on the podcast today, we have Ben Shack. Ben leads U.S. Digital Partnerships at BMO in this role. Ben works with line of business leaders to determine when partnerships can most effectively improve the customer experience and accelerate business strategies. He brings the power of partnerships to bear through relationships with fintechs, incubators, accelerators, venture capitalists, and industry consortia, and serves as a champion for open banking. And Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I want to focus on those last words of the introduction, champion for open banking. What is your stance in terms of being that champion?
1: I think it's through either open banking or something that looks more like open banking that we'll be able to deliver the best possible experience for our customers. Whether we as an industry want something more like open banking or not, it's likely to happen. I don't, no, I don't think any of us know if it'll be regulated ever in the U.S. in the way that it's been regulated in Europe. Even if it's not regulatory, I think the market will demand a more open model, even if that's a selective partner model that looks a little bit more like open banking or if it's something that's truly open. So I think it makes sense to start preparing for that world now and start thinking about strategies to you know, create a world that works for our industry and works for our customers as well.
0: That brings to mind linking open banking to partnering with a FinTech. What do you see as some best
1: practices along those lines? Yeah, so I don't think we know exactly what open banking will look like. It'll certainly involve, I think, some form of ecosystems where banks and other players are coming together to deliver customer experience. If you believe that the future is going to involve more ecosystem type work, that's a good reason to start thinking about partnering with fintechs and others today. I think you build some muscles that we're going to need in the future, whether it's an open banking future or just a more open future, and those muscles might include building or consuming APIs and getting used to integrating with other players that way. You know, contracting with partners in more novel ways where you're talking about cost-sharing and revenue-sharing agreements that might be different than your traditional we consume a service and we pay you for that service kind of a contract model. And you start to build muscle in evaluating partners and finding partners to work with as well because I think in the new world, You're going to have many more choices of who you could potentially do business with. And the ways that we as an industry have historically evaluated partners to work with, those metrics and those evaluation frameworks might not work exactly the same way anymore. And it's going to take some organizational learning to figure out how to pick a partner when the partner doesn't look like anybody you've ever worked with before.
0: So how do banks evaluate the best fintech partners and vice versa how do fintechs know that the fit is right to work with a bank
1: yeah the goal might be something that is a traditional augmentation to your business model that looks like normal contracting but feels different because it's with a different sort of partner It could be that you are trying to access a different distribution mechanism, a different customer base, adopt capabilities that you can't build or couldn't build yourself. So I think you have to know why you're doing it. You have to have the metrics in mind that are going to help you decide whether you've done it right. Because if you start with the end in mind, then you can think about how a partner might help you get to that point or not get to that point. And then from the fintech side they have to think about what they're after as well. Uh, Sometimes it might just be revenue. Sometimes it might be access to our customer base, because I think that's one thing that a lot of banks do have that fintechs are struggling to get as customers. It could be uh, other assets that banks bring to the table, like risk management capabilities, like compliance capabilities. So i start with that end in mind and then go through the process of figuring out who they want to work with. That
0: means stepping back and asking yourself, how do you start? And if a bank or fintech were asking you that question, what would you advise?
1: You're right, there's now this challenge of how do we actually do this? Because most of our banks are built on very solid foundations of risk management, and that's nowhere more prevalent than when it comes time to perform a supplier evaluation and a vendor due diligence type. Process. We have risk, we have compliance, we have legal, we have all of the support areas that make sure that we're operating our bank in a safe and sound way. And those support areas, generally speaking, are going to be pretty mature functions with processes and frameworks that have been built up over a long time. And those processes and frameworks have probably been built up to evaluate a different sort of partner than the kinds of people that we're working with today, right? So most of those processes are not built for a five-year-old fintech that maybe has revenue but is still figuring out profitability, maybe has one or two or even zero other bank partners and doesn't have a long history of working with other banks and going through all of their processes. So you're sort of faced with this conundrum of how do I do that at a pace that doesn't destroy the whole value proposition of what I was trying to do to begin with. Because most of the time, if you're looking to work with a fintech, you're probably trying to access some sort of innovation that you don't have yourself. And if you take 12 to 18 months to evaluate that fintech and get your partnership stood up, then presumably you would have lost some of the value. If you're looking to work with a very early stage firm think about non-contractual, you know, non-peer business ways to work with them at a starting point. Uh, So one thing that we've done at BMO Harris is we run an annual mentorship program with 1871, which is the big technology company incubator in Chicago, where we work with a handful of startups every year in a mentorship capacity for some number of months. And at the end of that mentorship, Maybe we shake hands and everybody goes their separate ways, having both learned a lot, or maybe we move into an actual partnership at that time in the form of some sort of pilot or proof of concept. The advantage that you get with that is it allows a fintech to understand what it's like to work with a big bank without actually being in a sales cycle or a contracting mode, which is tremendously valuable for them, and it also helps to kind of smooth out some of the future engagement. If a fintech has already been introduced to all the evaluators before they actually try to sell anything, right? And of course, proofs of concept and pilots and other ways that you can kind of work together while limiting integration or limiting access to customers or limiting risk is another way to kind of buy time to work through some of the processes of evaluation. When you think about what you've done at Bima, what have
0: been some of the challenges and how have you addressed those challenges? This is new turf. You're right on the cutting edge of it.
1: One of the challenges that we've seen so far is our processes that we go through to evaluate a potential partner can actually overwhelm pretty easily an earlier stage company. Those processes are built for companies that have, you know, maybe 10 employees that are focusing on bank and customer valuation, and the companies that we're working with might have 10 employees total or fewer. One strategy that we've used to mitigate that is we figure out who can be an internal champion for that potential partner who can help introduce them to the right people around the bank and who can really coach the fintech on what to expect. So it's about finding ways to navigate and helping that startup through the process in a way that's efficient for them and that properly prepares them for what's going to happen. So really kind of that Champion and coach model seems to work well. And then, you know, the other things that we've seen is sometimes there may be issues that the fintech needs to address before we can really move into a full deployment, fully integrated type model. So, in those cases, you have to figure out maybe how to buy some time while the fintech does what we think that they need to do, whether that is making an improvement to their information security program or, you know, changing some part of the solutions. In those cases, you know, we think about potentially low to no integration type models. And one thing that I coach fintechs on when I talk with them is to think about, is there a way to structure your product where you have a very limited sort of integration with your partner so that... You have a way to do pilots or proofs of concept with very low risk, and you start to learn and you start to establish the partnership while you're addressing anything that might need to get addressed. And that kind of allows you to slow down the process without stopping it completely uh, so that you can start to work together while you work through any issues that might be there.
0: Champion coach and navigator. Feels like you've done that for us today on the podcast, (laughs) and uh, I really appreciate what you've been able to bring to the conversation. Ben, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Ben Shack leads U.S. Digital Partnerships at BMO. He is based in Chicago in the same building as BAI, I might add. Be sure to look for Ben on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, open banking is a potential gateway to deliver the best possible user experience for customers and it's bound to happen as the market will demand an open model. So start preparations now to take advantage of all open banking has to offer, which includes building or leveraging application program interfaces, also known as APIs. Number two, partnership evaluation is changing. New frameworks are needed. It will be crucial on both sides of the equation, banks and fintechs, to know how to make the most of the team to know the why of the partnership is crucial to begin with the end in mind ask yourself what do you hope to get out of the relationship and number 3 partnership towards a goal means the challenge of how do you actually do this banks are built on a solid foundation of risk management evaluating a vendor for example being safe and sound bears the advantage of having policies and frameworks that work But it also means evaluating fintechs in a brand new way, especially if the company is in its early stages of development. That means working at a measured pace as both parties create innovation, but not too measured as 12 to 18 months of ramp-up may be too long. Consider partnerships in a mentoring capacity as an effective screening process. And now BAI Banking Strategies brings you the AHA Moment, where our podcast guest shines a light on that point in time where realization, revelation, or exploration made all the difference in their financial services career. How does a promising telecom consultant make the call to jump into the world of banking? Sometimes that comes in the midst of a tough and unwelcome project. Mitigated by great team members and a discovery of ultimate enjoyment and purpose. Ben Shack talks about how openness to a new opportunity led him to an entirely new journey
1: of promise realized. Listen. So I started my career in consulting to the telecom industry focused on big data before we were really talking about big data and I all of a sudden found myself working on a banking project, the first one I had ever worked on. And I spent a good three months or so trying to get out of it. And I thought to myself, why am I trying to leave this project? And I looked around and I realized I really liked the clients that I was working with. I really liked the team that I was working with. Both those clients and those team members have remained you know, close friends and mentors and contacts over the years. And I realized I was really enjoying it. I said, you know what, maybe I'll just keep following this trail and see where it goes. Where it went has been a really exciting and interesting and fulfilling career in the banking industry. And I think the lesson that I took away from it, and I talk about this with people that I mentor now is, you know, you have to manage your career, but you gotta be careful to not overmanage your career. Every opportunity might lead you to something that you didn't even know that you wanted to do. Give things a chance, see where it goes. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. And here are a few
0: reminders from yours truly and your friends at BAI. First of all, if you haven't done so, subscribe to our daily newsletter. It's free to sign up. And be sure to check out our ever growing archive of podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook. LinkedIn and Twitter to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. You can catch me on LinkedIn. Be sure to connect. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.